0: This week on AARP, The Perfect Scam.
1: And once it gets expired after that, you will be taken under custody by the local police, as there are four serious allegations pressed on your name at this moment.
0: Uh, just trying to check in with you. Um, I know we were trying to move forward with the insurance plan. Uh, just check in to see if your card has been fixed uh, for the down payment. Uh, give me a ring back whenever you have a minute. For AARP, The Perfect Scam podcast, I'm Will Johnson. Welcome back listeners. And believe it or not, yes, you guessed right, I am here with the AARP's Fraud Watch Network Ambassador, Frank Abagnale. Hello, Frank. Hi, Will. Great to be here. We have a very special episode for our listeners here today. It's called You've Got Mail with Frank, a brand new episode segment. Are you ready, Frank? I'm ready. Okay. We're basically going to go through some of our favorite voicemails and emails. So that's the You've Got Mail part. And uh, get your feedback, thoughts, comments, asides. Sounds good. Whatever you want to do. And then we're going to talk about some of our favorite scams that are going on out there today. Not favorite in the sense that we like them, but favorite in the sense that we hate them. And to help us do all this is our AARP podcast producer, Julie Getz. Julie, it's great to have you here on the show.
1: It's always great to be on the show with you, Will.
0: Well, and I understand you are sharing with us some fraudulent emails and phone calls, things like that.
1: I am, and I'll tell you, I'm really excited about this new segment that we have this season and excited to hear uh, what Frank has to say about all these scary voicemails left on our cell phones. You
0: seem to get uh, quite a few of those. I mean, we all do.
1: I do, almost every single day. It's nuts. So I'm going to start with this one. This is, I'm just going to play it back.
0: Could you read your phone number on the air first, please, Julie?
1: My own cell phone? I'm I'm just kidding. Well, you know it's tricky though. It is from my the area code that my cell phone's in, so the scammer was very sneaky. The
0: scammers, right? So, but doesn't mean a thing, does it, Frank? No,
2: they do that on purpose so that you believe it's a local call from someone you know.
0: I don't like that. I get phone calls. The ones that that's tricked me, by the way. Sorry, Julie. Are the ones that mimic my own cell phone number. I don't know if you've ever seen or heard yes. of this, but I've gotten some that look literally almost like a slight aberration on my number. They can, as we've always say, they
2: can manipulate the phones very easily. All
1: right. So here we go. You ready? Hey, sorry I missed you. It's Rachel. I'm just calling to follow up on your business line of credit. It actually looks like I have you pre-approved for up to 250000 Give me a call on the number that popped up on your caller ID. I'd really like to catch up and go over some of the rates and terms. Have a great day.
0: Right? She... Rachel? That's is great news from Rachel. Should Julie... <laughs> Frank, should you? Should Julie call back? Absolutely
2: not. <laughs> but and, Rachel sounds so
1: friendly. Like, we're and best you've got, friends. And you've got like, a lot
2: of money. And Rachel uses your name for familiarity, and then she basically gives you the big pitch line. I'm going to give you $250,000. And you can understand that some people may even say, well, this might be a scam, but I want to listen because I might be able to get $250,000 on a loan from these people. But obviously, those are just pitches that people make. Once they get you on the phone, they're really looking for information. So, obviously, if you were someone who did call back and say, Yes, I'm absolutely interested in this, even if it was a smaller loan, 40,000, 20,000, then the next question, of course, well, let me take your application over the phone. Name, address, social security number, date of birth, credit card numbers, who do you bank with, what's your bank account number, as you would in any credit application. And
0: Julie will be living on the dark web after That's that. That's right. right. Mm, scary. Um, but, you know, I mean, what's really interesting about hearing that, I think, is uh, she sounds quite personable, friendly, good, charming, whatever you want to say. I mean, it, it just underscores how good they are.
2: Yeah. And sometimes people are just hired to make these pitches. They don't even know what they're doing. They're just uh, hired and said, because they have a great voice and they sound very enthusiastic. And they just tell them we're a company and we sell these loans. When we call, we want just to have your voice on there that adds a pitch. And then one of our people will come on and actually talk to them. I wonder if they
0: could actually like insert a name within hi blank. I mean, there must be technology. Yeah, it, absolutely. Wow. wow. So you didn't call back.
1: I didn't. We should call
0: them right now. No, I'm kidding. I
1: I know. She did just sound so friendly, right? Yeah. Like, It's all part of it. It's all part of it. They're tricky.
0: She says, uh, call me at the number on on your caller ID. Clearly, that's so, because the number is probably different for every single call that goes out there. Like, she doesn't say, call me back at this number. No, the
2: number keeps changing
0: with each call. All right, Julie, we have another phone call, another voicemail, Right.
1: Yes, I do. And this one is from one of our colleagues here at AARP Studios. And once it gets expired after that, you will be taken under custody by the local police. As there are four serious allegations pressed on your name at this moment, we would request you to get back to us so that we can discuss about this case before taking any legal action against you. The number to reach us is 845-423.
0: Do you work closely with this person? Yes.
2: She is in big trouble.
1: She's in big troubles, right. Well, the
2: first... Frank, Frank's got mail. Should he, should he... <laughs> the, the first thing would put me off is that it's a computer-generated voice. It's not a human being that's actually making that pitch. Um, and obviously, any time you get the you have to call immediately, you have to pay immediately, you have to act immediately, uh, that's the red flag that it is probably a scam. Although the fear factor there is what would get to people. I mean, well, yeah, you get a little bit apprehensive and you might call back just out of curiosity to see what their pitch is. Uh, but again, you don't want to be giving them any information.
1: Um, you got yeah. another one? I do. <laughs> OK, let's
2: hear it. Hey, good afternoon,
1: Mr. Stewart. Uh, this is Andrew giving a call from the David Munson agency. I'm uh,
0: just trying to check in with you. Um, I know we were trying to move forward with the insurance plan. Uh, just checking in to see if your card has been fixed. Uh, for the down payment, uh, give me a ring back whenever you have a minute, and you have a great day. The kind of like aw shucks local yokel lingo is what they're is what gets people, I think, and and they go for more and more as opposed to the robocall.
2: Yeah, and they when depending on where they're calling, they're calling somewhere in the Midwest, and they speak like a Midwesterner. If they're speaking to somebody in New York, they speak like a New Yorker. Uh, anything to get your confidence, and again, all of it comes back down to getting you to give them their information. So that's the red flag. Even if you were to call back, the minute they started asking you those personal questions, that's when you need to hang up. And so it's, it's really not that difficult. I remind people all the time. It's not you, to you, but nope, to the rest of us. But I remind people all the time that if you make it easy for someone to steal from you, it's unfortunate, but chances are they will. So you don't make it easy.
0: Hey, Julie, this is Will. Just calling about your social security <laughs> card. You, I've got it, but I want to make sure it's you. You can just read it to me. All right, joining us now is Brooke Ellis, another of our scam busters here at AARP. Hi, Brooke.
3: Um here's a message I got. For some reason I get only scam calls on my work cell phone. Really? Yeah, and unless it's somebody calling me back who I've reached out to, anything else that's incoming is a scam call.
0: Because as a younger person, you don't call anyone anymore, do you?
3: Well, it's my work cell, so I actually do call people, but on my personal phone, I don't get any. On the work phone, that's all that there is.
0: Got it, got it. I was just assuming that young people only text.
3: Oh, uh, I'm a bad millennial. I don't know. I call sometimes. Yeah. Okay, here it is.
0: Hi, Max Brown here calling about the application you submitted for the work-from-home opportunity with Amazon. Mm. Please complete your application and learn how you can earn up to $3,000 to $6,000 per month using your computer with Amazon. The website to finish your application is
3: AmazonDataJobs.org. And of course, I didn't submit anything to Amazon.
0: This is exciting news, Brooke. You've got a job with Amazon, so you could you, you could it can be your uh, your side hustle. I believe is what they call it these days.
3: Yeah, my work from home. Yeah. job with Amazon, according right. to that's, Max. That's
0: great, yeah.
2: Frank. So again, a phishing call, and even if you didn't, and you realize you didn't apply to Amazon, had nothing to do with it, you. Started to say, whoa, I could make that much money, money from home. I need to look into this. Obviously, the site they're sending you to is fictitious. And once again, when you did make connection with someone, they'd be seeking information. So if I was going to hire you, I would need your social security number, I knew your mailing address, I knew your date of birth, etc. So again, in the end, it's all about getting information. You didn't call back.
3: No, I did not call All
0: right. back. Yeah. All right, I know we have some email. Thank you, Brooke. Hmm? A great contribution. Okay. Thank you, Frank. Uh, Julie, any more phone calls, or we're going to emails?
1: All right. Well, looking at some of these emails, uh, let's read this one from one of our colleagues. Actually, she and her husband recently purchased a home, maybe about a year ago now. So they're getting calls for um, refinancing, and uh, she's getting calls constantly every day. Her between her and her husband.
0: Okay, so they legitimately are getting
2: refinanced, and and now they're just being bombarded. Frank, again. Uh, somebody seeking information. So if I come on and offer you a deal on the refinancing at a very low interest rate, it sounds terrific, Uh, the company name sounds pretty legitimate, and you call me back, again, in order to take an application, I have to ask you all these pertinent questions such as name, address, bank account numbers, social security numbers, dates of birth. We should mention there is a new mortgage scam that's a lot more serious than that going on. And that is that people who are getting ready to close on a house they've been involved very deeply with their realtor and their bank they've saved up forty fifty thousand dollars for their down payment. They get an email from their realtor that says the bank is ready for you to make the down payment. You need to wire your funds to this wire this account, and that turns out to be a fictitious account, and the money ends up going overseas. You are out your down payment of your home. This happens a lot because the realtor is actually using their Yahoo account instead of using the company's business account, and it doesn't have the security that the business account has. And so people get that email, and they think, well, I've been waiting for them to tell me where to wire my down payment. This is where I I wired it. And, of course, the bank has no legal liability. You're just out your down payment on your home. So I'd always make sure you verify when you get an email telling you where to wire the money that you call the bank and say, is this where I'm supposed to actually wire the funds?
0: Scammers leave no stone untouched when they unturned. No. As far as all the different areas they can. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Julie, and we have uh, an email also we want to share with our listeners, right? And Frank.
1: Yes, we do. So this email is from a listener, and he has a few questions for Frank about cryptocurrencies and their legitimacy. EJ writes... With new initial coin offerings sprouting up seemingly every day, how can we trust or even speculate on their potential value? Right now, it takes navigating two to three separate websites and browser plugins to even access some cryptocurrencies. It's like the wild, wild west. Will Bitcoin and others become more regulated with insured exchanges? I've heard rumors that banks in their traditional sense will soon be a thing of the past. With Amazon and other companies looking into banking, What's the future look like?
2: All right, Frank, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I've been asked about that a lot. Actually, a, f- a couple years ago, Atlantic Magazine, they always on their last page of their monthly magazine ask a famous person a question. And their question to me is, how do I feel about Bitcoin? And I said, I thought it was probably an actually huge scam that a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money on. I still believe that. You have to understand there are hundreds of exchanges out there. Many of them are phony, fictitious exchanges that people are working off of. Uh, So you can lose a lot of money very quickly. Uh, I can see why people jump on it because of the high rate of return. And they think, wow, this is a quick way to make money. But you have to be very careful that you're dealing with a legitimate company if you're using uh, and dealing in Bitcoin. I think the people that are in the Bitcoin business don't want it regulated because it's a great way to move money around, especially money that's used on the dark web money that's used for ransom and things of that nature are all done in Bitcoin so they can't be traced back to anyone, uh, I think eventually it's going to have to be regulated or it will be uh, something that would be uh, hinder a great deal of our financial system.
0: All right, Frank, and I see Brooke uh, needs, needs to run. <laughs> all right, so thanks for coming by, Brooke, with your questions. Julie, uh, we're now going to shift gears just a little bit for Frank, if that's all right and bring up uh, two other scams that are going on that we want to uh, share with our listeners and get Frank's thoughts on, one being uh, the targeting of of Chinese-Americans by scammers.
2: Yeah, this is a scam that's going around where they're calling people with Chinese last names. They're claiming that they're from the embassy or the consulate. They say that someone's using their information overseas or their passport information over in China or somewhere else. And they need to uh, verify that uh, their information is correct, and again, it get back to getting information. So they're asking them for information, again, like their right. uh, banking information, their date their of births, etc. Right. So
0: it's always money
2: or information. Yeah. And again, yeah. it's always a simple fix that if I get that call and I say it's the Chinese embassy or whoever it says it is, it's easy to hang up the phone and just look up the number and call them back and say, I got this call before I wanted to give out any information. I wanted to make sure I'm talking to the right place. And then, of course, they would have said, we didn't make that call. That's a scam. Do not respond to it. It's very quick and easy to to make sure you don't fall into these things.
0: Okay. And Frank, let's remind our listeners of a scam that our friends from the FraudWatch Network told us about uh, a little while back, but it's, it's out there. The Medicare card scam, right?
2: Yeah, the Medicare card scam. Obviously, the Medicare has got a new card out for Medicare. So basically, they turn around and... Tell you that if you haven't received your Medicare card, it's because you haven't paid your fee. So P- and they're telling you there's a fee associated with it. 15- Scammers are either calling or emailing. Yeah, yeah and it's fifteen dollars, twenty dollars, but you need to pay that in order to get your new Medicare card. So they're basically calling you, say, have you received your new Medicare card? You're saying, no, I didn't. I've been looking for it. Well, that's because you haven't paid the fee. If you want to give me a credit card number now. It's just $15, and your card will come in 10 days. And people give them their card number, and they're just getting their credit card information. There is no fee. You will receive your card. There are people who wake up every day and go to work, and they're just looking for the
0: next scam they can take advantage of. The next big thing, right? And
2: they see something in the newspaper like new Medicare card, and right away they go, hmm. Oh, yeah. I wonder if people know there's a fee associated with it or not associated with it, and how many people could I call and get them to pay the fee? It's the same thing.
0: All right, Frank, thank you very much. And Julie, thank you. Anything else you'd like to add today or we've heard all your voicemails?
1: No, it was good. No, that, okay. was, that was fun. Thank you, Frank, for uh, for helping and answering oh, some glad of those to questions.
0: to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for doing an all-new segment. You've got mail with Frank. Thanks, Will. Uh, so, folks, listen, if you'd like to tell us more about scams that are going on in your world, in your life, with your family, you can email us at theperfectscamcasting at aarp.org. dot org. Uh, again, we love your feedback, your comments, your ideas, your thoughts. Uh, we've gotten a lot along the way, and they've been re- really uh, helpful. And we've, and we've learned about a few scams we didn't know about, except Frank probably already
2: heard about it. No, we always need to know about new scams, and we love hearing from you so that we can help other people that are probably fall victim to the same scam that you may have fell for. Please never be embarrassed by it. Anybody can be scammed, including myself. But what we need to do is get that information out there and educate people. And we can only do that with your help of you calling in and emailing us and letting us know what happened to you so that we can make sure it doesn't happen to someone else. Listen
0: to Frank there. He said it all. Hey, just a reminder to all of our listeners, you can send us an email with your personal stories of scams or fraud that you've heard of that you want to tell us about that maybe you'd like to hear about on our show. Just send us an email at theperfectscamcasting at aarp.org. If you or someone you know has been the victim of a scam or you just need information on anything scam related, call the AARP Fraud Watch Network helpline at 877-908-3360. Thanks to my team of scam busters, Julia Getz and Brooke Ellis and audio engineer Steve Bartlett and audio mastering done by Julio Gonzalez. For AARP, The Perfect Scam, I'm Will Johnson. Are
3: you 55 plus? and get back so much more in return. Visit americourt.gov slash yourmoment today.